Godfather of Harlem is a historical drama taking place in 1964 following the lives of noted figures like Bumpy Johnson, played by Forrest Whitaker, and Malcolm X, played by Jason Allen Carville. The series premiered in 2019 and was created by Chris Brancato, also the creator of Netflix's Narcos, and Paul Eckstein. Mecca is the title of the third season, third episode of Godfather of Harlem. It was released on MGM Plus January 29th. On this podcast, we like to review the most recent installment of a different series every show. Welcome to today's episode. We cannot escape Giancarlo Esposito. I know. He shows up in everything. Kaleidoscope, The Boys, Marley oh, Quinn. Just, yeah, but I mean, like, he's shown up in everything else as well. Obviously, Breaking Bad. And then I remember he was in the Revolution show. Just, I was surprised to see him here. And obviously, Better Call Saul. At this point, we better just rename our show the Giancarlo Esposito show. The yeah. fan club. However, he is listed as a special guest star in this episode. He's been there He's been there quite some time. Really? Um, he plays Adam Clayton Powell Jr., correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, what do you, did you like his character? Yeah, I thought that he was one of the best actors in this show. But that was something that would surprise me so much. This show has a lot of talent behind it. Not only do you have Forrest Whitaker playing Bumpy Johnson, as you said, but I even did see some of the cast. I think they had Vincent D'Onofrio in a oh, couple yeah. different seasons. And you didn't they, see Vincent? D'Onofrio, I was no. hoping he plays sort of the villain, the the leader on the you know opposite what? side. He might have been the person that they were talking about that was in jail, the person that has hired Joe Colombo, and a, the name I recognize because Joe Colombo was also played in The Offer as uh, by a different person. Mm-hmm. But he might have been the big person. Does he have a daughter named Stella? Do you know? I don't know. That was that was a storyline. Let's happened. kick this off though with some Forrest Whitaker facts, just to acclimate us into this world. One of these is false, but see if you can guess which one. Okay. He was cast as Sawyer on Lost, originally. One Number of these two. is false. Yeah, one of these is false. <laughs> you don't believe that? Yeah, I really okay. do not. Originally supposed to direct Fat Albert, but then he had some sort of argument with Bill Cosby, and he ended up dropping <laughs> okay, out. Yeah. Okay, he has a black belt in Kenpo Karate, mm-hmm. and the last one... In his most acclaimed work, The Last King of Scotland, the animal trainer on set allowed Whitaker to ride Molly the Elephant to and from his trailer during breaks. You know, all of those sound false, but the first one I just cannot get over. I cannot get over that he was Sawyer on Lost. He was supposed to be Sawyer oh, on Lost. Oh, wow. That's yes. just, that's, I mean, they obviously changed his character so I much. I feel like you got caught up in that one so much you didn't even I hear could, the, I mean, didn't yeah. even hear the one about the elephant. I mean, the elephant one is crazy, but just. That he would insist on <laughs> taking an elephant to and from his trailer. He is not that much of a diva. I guarantee it. So that was the false one. Yeah. Um, Godfather of Harlem, it tells the story inspired by this infamous crime boss, Bumpy Johnson, who in the early 60s got out of jail after 11 years in prison, and he goes back to the neighborhood that he knew before and ruled, and it's in shambles. So this is kind of his recreation story. They're three seasons in, so obviously we're in in the mid-60s at this point, and we're also tracking Malcolm X's character. Malcolm X played by Nigel Thatch. No, 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 no. no. It's not played by Nigel Thatch. He was recast this season. He was recast Yeah, if you listen to the intro, I actually said he's played by Jason Allen Carvel. People were pissed. Yeah, because... really really liked that he played 
obviously Malcolm X in Selma as well. Like I said, yeah, I did see the cast. I wouldn't have recognized that he also played Malcolm X in Selma if it weren't for that. But no, I didn't know that they actually recast him because the person who played Malcolm X was my favorite character in the show. It was scheduling conflicts and they really, really had to go out and find someone who could take up a role that people really liked the character representation of. I cannot imagine. It's as if like with Game of Thrones, they just came in one season and they're like, Maisie Williams, you're no longer Arya. We're, we're going to flip you out with someone else. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. But I mean, like you have, you're following four different storylines in okay, this episode. Yeah, take me through them. You have the main one, Bumpy Johnson, the godfather of Harlem. He sends out a hit against this person named Juan Monero because I think it happened this season. He's a close associate with this person named Jose, uh, who is like this leader of this Italian mafia. Is his first name Yule? Because I think that that guy is actually... Did he look like the guy in Severance, Adam Scott's best friend? The he one did, who... Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I think it was Jose Babel is what they at least... Oh, no, 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 no. As. Okay, that's someone else. Okay, yes. yeah. I mean, he does also have white hair like the guy from Severance. But yeah, Jose... No, in, in real life, his name is Yule. But yes, that's, oh, okay. that's who, that's who yes. we're talking about. So Jose Babel, yeah, they end up like striking a partnership because apparently that was going to stop a war that was really happening between, I think, Bumpy's side and Jose's this, side. This definitely sounds like Fargo season four vibes. So, yeah. Yeah, and Jose is like, look, this person named Juan Manera, he ended up killing my sister, my nieces, my brother-in-law, and like made my brother-in-law watch as like they just took him out. So I really Dude. want you to kill Juan Manera. And then <laughs> okay. Bumpy is like, all right, I'll send two people after them. Then on the flip side, we have Mamie, that is Bumpy's wife. She yes. is working for She's Adam. significantly younger than him. Yeah, <laughs> Just I know based that. on the Wikipedia age. That was something that I could not get over. I saw the differences because I was like, is he supposed to be playing her dad? And then it was like, <laughs> no, they're supposed to be husband and wife and i was like i don't believe that but yeah adam clayton powell he's running for congress i believe that he's like a democrat but i don't think yes. they ever explicitly oh super it. duper democrat yeah because what's happening is um maybe she is trying to get the get out to vote initiative underway so that black people know when the date is for the election from what i read he she was also like in the works of trying to work with the harlem youth opportunities unlimited movement the are yeah. you and Adam uh, Clayton Powell Jr. also teamed up with them later on. So it was like the Har You Act at some point. One of the but, first but, things that yeah. we hear Adam Clayton Powell say is he's reading a newspaper and it was talking about Mamie and her, like a crazy speech that she gave at one of these rallies and how like it really fired up a lot of people. So yeah, I imagine that actually happened. It's supposed happened. to be super progressive and it's an organization that, an organization that was founded by psychologist Kenneth Clark and Mamie Phillips Clark. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and that was in 1962. But guess who was actually the director of that organization while it existed? And this is a real fact. Who? Neil deGrasse Tyson's dad. <laughs> yeah, Wait, Cyril deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> that, that's crazy. I wonder if we're going to see him in the show. Probably not, but that, that'd be crazy. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, but uh, what happens, like what gets oh, wait, in the what? way. No, of course we're not going to see, you mean uh, we're, we're going to see his dad? Yeah, cast. As, okay. Cast as someone. We're talking about Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, <laughs> Yeah. No, but yeah, the Justice Department, they go to Mamie and she uh, she gets deposed. So that's where one storyline is. Then we get Malcolm X's storyline. The reason the episode is called Mecca is because he shows up in Saudi Arabia, but he doesn't have the right type of paperwork showing that he actually is a Muslim. So he is placed also inside Also because he couldn't so. speak. Uh, speak Arabic, yes. right? At least at that time. Yeah, but then we have Dr. Omar Azam come in a couple scenes later. He's yeah. someone who is very Muslim and actually takes Malcolm X under his wing and even like gives him a place to stay, which is at his house. And then the final storyline is Stella. Yeah, she kills someone in um, Wait, like self-defense. <laughs> okay. Stella, who I think is Vincent D'Onofrio's daughter. Got it. She kills someone in self-defense and then Joe Colombo, who I think is also running for Congress, decides to take Stella under his wing because he's hoping that by doing that, he's going to to be able to get the person 
in jail to endorse him for whatever place that he's running for wow. as well. So those are the four storylines that we have kind of overall. Lots going on. Let me just make sure that you addressed everything that was in the synopsis here. It says, Jose Battle asked for a favor from his new partner, Bumpy Johnson, a political assassination. Right. We talked about that. Malcolm X is detained by the Saudi authorities when he travels to Mecca, obviously the name of the episode, and the district attorney's office sets targets Mamie for her gangster ties. And you also added the Stella mm -hmm. thing. Now, they do do like a true and false whether or not they're uh, playing it like the crown and kind of like fudging history a little bit <laughs> yeah. at the end of these episodes there are nice articles that come out and kind of compare history with it the part that i found the most interesting was the mecca trip probably because that was the focal point of the title yeah. and uh and how when uh, malcolm x did go to try to visit or to take that journey you know that you're supposed to do he did have the permission originally to get in but they still didn't trust it and then that's uh what he received yeah. he, re he actually received help from the author's son not the author himself, oh, okay. which is which is really interesting. Yeah, because what yeah. what the show did, why sent by like not the uh, right paperwork was kind of like trying to find a shortcut. Because what actually happened was he got the Saudi Arabia like prime minister or someone to actually sign off on a document that was Abdul like, Rahman Hassan yes, Azam that allowed him to actually get in. But then they were like, this does this won't work. And then Malcolm X is like, but it's signed by the Saudi Arabian prime minister it's not the prime minister but the prince does allow him to come and hang out with him after this is all done like okay. after because originally they didn't like people from the united states who consider themselves muslim coming over and making the trip they needed special permission and so he got it though because he was such a big public figure and he was able to complete his trip yeah. however there's a big history in fact of his like muslim i'm sure the show will go into it but overall, what'd you think of the show? And give me the pros and cons. So I, like I said, the acting, I think is top notch in this thing. This does seem like, this seems more like a show. And I know I say this about some other shows that a high school teacher would show because it's not like too action packed. It's not too gory. When I heard Godfather of Harlem, I was like, oh, it's going to take place in the sixties, but we're probably going to get a ton of like just uh, action packed drama. No, this is something that does take its time, but that actually allows the stories to marinate. Let, let me throw some other shows, historical uh, dramas that are out there sure. or have been out there pretty recently that also might fall into the high school category and see if you agree the crown the crown yeah okay gaslit gaslit what was that again oh that was the dan stevens show that was right? the uh watergate yeah show. i never saw it but i mean i imagine the so. serpent queen certain no <laughs> serpent queen i think takes almost too many liberties but this would fall into those other ones where it's it's enough in history and it's dedicated to trying to send a message that you would actually learn something yeah and i think cool. that it parallels nicely with a lot of today's problems when it comes to like voter registration and you know a lot of like revolutionists like out malcolm x and those people yeah do you have any other comparisons because to me when i hear like gang wars and stuff like that i think of the luke cage first season um the, not, that's not the bad shy. i would say the tone for the shy and luke cage fits Snowfall. nicely into this snowfall i think is a little more action-packed and not as uh well then you're not gonna like my last one was sons of anarchy oh sons of anarchy definitely not surprisingly enough though i think like the the show i said earlier the offer i think that actually fits nicely into this because if you remember that show they were talking about kind of racism and and what qualified as that and the mafia and all those different things that got into actually how they were able to make this movie same thing here it got into really how it played a part in bubby johnson's uh life for example when mamie is being uh 
investigated by the Justice Department. By the FBI, I thought it was, yeah. I think it, it might be. They have, like, a, a person who is just so very slimy, and you can tell that, like, it's not just because of the fact that Mamie is with Bumpy Johnson. It's also because of the fact that she's working with Adam Clayton Powell, mm -hmm. who, if black people do go out and actually vote for him, might change the course of wherever they are. Exactly. New York, Harlem? obviously. Yeah. So Godfather of Harlem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It took me a second. But, yeah. yeah. What was your favorite part? Probably the dark comedy, because there is this actually does have some funny parts in it. For example, Malcolm X, when he is being detained, obviously the situation is kind of sad and you don't like to see it happen, but he's speaking to a couple other people in the cell and he they don't know how to speak English, so he's trying to teach them English. He teaches them floor and the word ceiling, <laughs> and then he says Muhammad Ali, and then the people think that he's saying that he is Muhammad oh. Ali because they know who he is, yeah. and he keeps on trying to be like, no, 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 that's not the case, <laughs> and even when he leaves with Dr. Omar Azam, yeah. they're still just like goodbye Muhammad Ali so yeah, so that's yeah. One thing. it also reminds me a little bit of uh Dave from when his friend was arrested was it in South Korea yeah because he had to then have like, season two premiere uh-huh yeah. when when Bumpy sends out the two uh hitmen I don't know who what their names are I know that they say it in the show uh -huh. they are supposed to kill Juan Manera they see who Juan Manera is mm -hmm. and so one of them takes out a gun and runs after him on this like street corner but there's no bullets in the gun. Apparently, there was bullets that were in the glove box that he never actually loaded. <laughs> Classic mistake. This seems like something you would see him bury. Well, even one of the other hitmen, when he sees that the bullets are still in the glove box, like tries to honk his horn to stop him from going up to Wamanera. Also very Barry, yes. <laughs> and Wamanera just ends up booking it out of there. And one of the funniest parts of the whole entire show is that... So, when the so Jose Battle, he, he doesn't even get what he needed? Well, like, that guy dead, or what? Well, that happens more at the end of the episode. What happened was the hitmen come back Back to Bumpy Johnson and they're like yeah so we weren't able to do it and Bumpy Johnson is pissed he's like we absolutely need to kill Juan Manero. what are you guys actually thinking and then they were they were able to pick up on the fact that when uh that when one of the hitmen pointed the gun at him and tried shooting him the guy ran out and he was so scared that he didn't run out like an actual mafia member he ran out like just someone normally would who isn't like kind of into that world you know they were like usually someone who has been in like gunfights before doesn't turn around and try to see if the bullet is coming out yeah, at them they're more experienced at running away from bullets so then bumpy johnson gets, what does that do for them though bumpy johnson gets very suspicious of that and he goes to jose and he's like are you telling me every Everything that's happening with Juan Manera here. Juan Manera, yeah. Yeah, Juan Manera. And then uh, and then Jose kind of starts to threaten Bumpy and he's like, look, if you don't trust me, this partnership might be over and I'm not going to be afraid to go head to head with you. So at the very end of the episode, Bumpy Johnson picks up Juan Manera and we are revealed that Jose actually is working for the CIA or like an undercover oh, thing. Oh, wow. So then Bumpy again confronts Jose and Jose is like, look, the reason why I'm doing this is because they have been able to actually fund so much of what I'm doing here. Being able to give me so much money. So all the stuff he talked about, all his family members dying and stuff like that, that was all just a sap story that wasn't yeah. even for true? Yeah. Wow. And then he has, and he's also That's like... cold-blooded. I have all these guns as well, and so what happens is Bumpy Johnson goes up to Juan Manera, and he's like, look, I'm going to kill you anyways because I need to, and just shoots him in the face. Oh, so. that's also cold-blooded. Yeah. So, Ooh. I mean, that you get, you get dark parts in the show, but it's also nice to have some of the funniness as well because it makes it easier to go down I do guess. you understand bumpy's decision there do yeah you, i mean like his again do you agree with it are stated, you rooting for bumpy to kill this man <laughs> bumpy is seen as kind of an anti-hero or i guess like very um what's the word iffy protagonist i guess mm, very iffy protagonist i have another game here it's an all or nothing game either all three of these are true or they're false but just by a little bit okay, okay. ready so 
I can't actually say the first one since I already ruined that. So two of them <laughs> are either true or false. Ready? Uh -huh. The show is technically the unofficial prequel to Denzel Washington's American Gangster, which came out in 2007, where Washington plays Frank Lucas. And this is not the show's final season, despite epics being changed to MGM+. Okay. Yeah, because it, it said MGM+. Plus and that happened within the, the last two weeks. Because I was like, what happened to Epics? And now it's MGM+. <laughs> okay. Plus, because it was bought up by Amazon. And you're saying both of those are either true, true or false? True or false, yes. I will go with both of them being true. Both of them are absolutely true, which is so weird. I've never heard of an unofficial prequel to a movie that came out over 15 <laughs> years ago. But, I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Right? I no, mean, that's I, interesting. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that, like, overall, the show... Well, one of my... I'll say my least favorite storyline yeah. was probably Malcolm X and Dr. Omar Azam. It starts off strong when I saw that Malcolm X was in jail, and even when he's taken back to the house and they're talking, but then it just became, like, all their scenes was just about talking about race and ideology. Dr. Omar Azam is talking about how he's kind of scared of what he's seen going on in America, mm -hmm. and then Malcolm X is talking about why it's good, and, yeah, it, it like, was interesting at first but then it just kind of dragged on and even though i said that it was a good thing that the show kind of marinated on some of those storylines it does take a long time after a while to get through scenes yeah overall this this episode's like an hour right yeah well it's, i think it's about 50 minutes 50 minutes but yeah and then uh but like it's a made me storyline really good as well all the storylines about stella's stella's storyline yeah it, that was only like about two scenes what happens there is joe colombo says um, look, I need you to really follow my rules because otherwise your dad is going to get mad at me, but I can offer you a job. And then she's like, okay, but I'm not just going to sit at this desk and make calls for you all the time. And he's like, as long as my men are able to follow you, I'll let you do whatever you want. And I thought that Joe Colombo's character, even though maybe not it acted as good as it was in the offer, I thought that he came across more sentimental here. <laughs> like he actually was trying to get something done. So that is a difference. Overall, I give the show a 7.5 out of 10. I found it a lot better than I thought it was actually going to be. Really? Yeah. You knew it went three seasons. You thought it was going to be bad? Well, I just, I, I guess I wasn't really sure what I was expecting. I, I thought that I was going to come in here and it was just going to be a very heavy show. And although it de deals with heavy thematical elements, I still don't think it was like that that bad all right that's all the notes i have thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye bye